Hello and welcome to Zero Hangar, the number one independent AFL news source. I'm your host, Phoenix Trinidad, and today I'm joined as always by Mitch Keating, our chief AFL editor. How you going, mate? I'm well. I'm well. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. What have you been up to? Off-season? Yeah, more off-season. We had the draft last week and that was pretty busy, but yeah, well into it now. Um, obviously, AFL dub finishes up this weekend uh, pretty enticing grand final that we'll preview in a sec at the awards on monday night ssp window open so not quiet but yep. um yeah we're getting there almost to the end of the year yeah um i just finished watching uh wednesday on netflix good yeah. what's your review yeah not too bad yeah, pretty fun really easy watch you know you can just put it on you do get sucked in but uh okay yeah anyway good to know yeah Good stuff. <laughs> anyway, SSP window, <laughs> AFLW, and we'll run through some best 23s uh, for the first uh, six teams, all alphabetical order as always. But uh, yeah, so straight into it, SSP window. So um, what is the SSP window, just for those that don't know? So this like yeah, supplemental selection period. Uh, it's a bit new. I think it only came in ahead of the 2021 season. So just one of these new kind of list mechanisms. Clubs can you know bring guys on to their training programs and kind of have a close look at them, mm. um, you know, whether that's draftees or delisted players. So I think they just had to have nominated for the for the national draft this year yeah. or have been on an AFL list this year. So um, that's kind of the pool they can pick from. That's, you know, it's a good 900 names to 1,000 names there. But, um, yeah, a lot of the, I think, players that get picked up are often ex-AFL listed players. Like last year there was 16 uh, SSP selections and I think maybe cl- 10 to a dozen of those were were players who weren't on uh, were already on AFL lists and it's going to be pretty similar like we've already had three signings this window all uh, ex-AFL players so it, it's kind of just yeah a further list mechanism you can just bring in yeah like it is supplemental players um, not necessarily rookie lists you can fill rookie list spots with uh, through the SSP but kind of both obviously you can open up list spots you know through um, the inactive list and long-term injuries so a bit flexible and it runs for you know all the way till mid-feb so there's plenty of time yeah for clubs to kind of get their affairs in order and like we said some have already acted quickly on the first day um, with a few signings already made yeah there's a lot of ways to get on an afl list these days um surprise i'm not on one at this point but anyway so in terms of signings um <laughs> i'm available just so you guys know uh loggy bramble uh to the doggies uh marty hall re-signed at the d's which is great um and jeremy sharp to Freo. yeah so i think a couple of these were flagged before the windows opening so sharp seemed like a, a pretty clear one um well out from the opening day so he made the move over to Freo. they've got a couple of others that are set to train with them which we'll speak on in a sec marty hall yeah great story uh acl injury i think quad and um shoulder setbacks as well over a few seasons with melbourne really only played in that 2019 season 14 games before he faced further injury issues and then was delisted two years later so four years four years since he last played and two years since he was last on melbourne's list but he's back and spent some time at north melbourne's vfl williamstown this year was a vfl team of the year player so um yeah absolutely fantastic story for him and hopefully he gets uh, a good chance and a good run at it uh, this time around with Melbourne. And then Lockie Bramble was the surprise one. Not really any word of that prior to the SSP's opening. And first day this week, uh, he's already at training um, with the dogs at Witten Oval and was confirmed, signed by early afternoon, I think. So they're, they're the three done so far, each kind of bringing a little bit different, but all three most likely to play back line. Uh, Jeremy Sharp could be a wing option given that uh, the Dockers lost some good outside run in Liam Henry. 
Um, Marty Hall, you know, nice medium-sized defender and Lockie Bramble, another kind of dashing defender. So some interesting pickups there. Um, but yeah, we're expecting, you know, a few more selections at least. Um, yep. So Frio have a couple that they're looking to add in Max Beattie, Patrick Voss and Sam Van Ruyen. Yeah, so um, I think that uh, what I was reading was that the Dockers only have one more list spot after Sharp. So I think they can only have two of these guys training at once because yep. you can only really have two trainees on um, for every one list spot. So whether that's going to be, yeah, Max or Patrick to start or they'll get maybe Sam, who's the young brother of, of Melbourne's Jacob Van Royen and, and Patrick Voss, who was listed with Essendon this year and won their VFL best and fairest. Whether they have those two um, training together, um, you know, two key forwards, similar, uh, I'm getting hype. Voss is obviously a bit more well-built where Van Royen's more of an athletic tall forward so they could have those two together uh, max Beattie, um more of a small forward half forward um out of woodville west torrens um had a decent year last year it was his draft year in 2022 so um bit of an interesting one for them Made obviously a bit different to the other two but um, they lose lucky schultz so he's certainly an option for them as well to consider van Royen was it was his draft year this year out of claremont so um, maybe one they had in their their draft range that um has probably just been that they were Happy to see overlooked, and now they can give him a chance um, as an SSP trial player. Um, Patrick Voss couldn't get a look in at Essendon, but could be a one to help their key forward needs um, yep. after being delisted by Essendon. Yep, and the Suns as well. Yeah, Jack Paris, Aiden Bonner, um, two completely different players. Obviously, Paris like a lightning quick small forward. Aiden Bonner, a bit of a big bodied defender, would likely to be used as as a defender. Now the Suns have two list spots, so both of them could. Um, they're not, you know, they're not fighting for one spot, so they, they both could be on the list if successful over the next month or two. Uh, and but the Pies look to be the, the busiest one, so they've got a few ex AFL players on in uh, Bryn Teekle, um, Jack Bytel, so they're from Port Adelaide and uh, St Kilda respectively. Josh Eyre as well, former uh, Essendon listed uh, key position player, can probably play at either end. Trained with St Kilda last year and, and couldn't quite get a list spot over the likes of. Anthony Caminiti and, and Liam Stocker. So he's another one. I uh, was with Collingwood's VFL system this year. Uh, Collingwood's VFL captain, Campbell Husswaite, um, you know, good ball-winning midfielder, is also set to train with the, the senior program over the summer as a chance to, to potentially get a list spot. And Sam Sofranidis. So this is a, a player out of the VAFA. Um, you know, it would be a fantastic story if he's one that gets picked up. Uh, I think it's about 193, 194-centimeter defender, so intercept. Um, looks athletic, so he's going to be an interesting watch for them. So you'd think that, yeah, Sofranides and, and Air might trial as defenders, Husweight and, and uh, Bytel probably as as inside midfielders, maybe potentially trying to fill that Taylor Adams void. Bryn Teekle played ruck, you know, was, can also play forward, was trialed in down back for the power this year. So plenty of options there. And no mention of Will Kelly. So um, doesn't sound likely that he'll be part of or a chance for an SSP um, spot, but um, yeah, plenty of time there before the Feb 19 deadline. So a bit of a wait and see, but yeah, five training now. I think there's three list spots at Collingwood. So a yeah. um, few options for Craig McRae to consider. After picking up Oleg Markov uh, last year, they've, they've certainly found some success in the SSP window and um, could find some more with, with a certain, certainly a differing group of players this year. Yep. So uh, these players can train with the club two at a time and then they have until... Feb 19 to be signed. Yeah, so two per list spot. So the Collingwood can have six training at once given they've got three list spots. Um, 
you know, the Suns could have an extra two if they wanted. Uh, and then, yeah, so the, the, the window will run from, from this week, from Monday uh, through to mid-December. It'll close. This is more just the signing window, not necessarily with the, the training windows. And then I'll open, the, open again in mid-Jan and close on Feb 19. So um, it's split over two windows, this, the signing period. But, um, yeah, these guys can train all the way through to, to mid-Feb, yep. right before the season starts. I'm, I'm guessing we're going to have – preseason games that same week given the afl has been brought forward the afl season has been brought forward so it's going to be a tight little turnaround all up yeah beautiful all right well that uh wraps up for the ssp window hopefully we get uh some of those guys signing some uh, good names there uh moving over now to the aflw so last night we had the aflw awards with mon conti taking out the aflw uh best and fairest with a 23 out of a 30 uh possible votes uh her first time winning it yeah, first. So she's the eighth winner in eight seasons. Um, you know, I think we had Erin uh, Phillips has won it twice, and we've got uh, heaps of other you know single time winners. And we had a tie a few years ago. So she becomes the eighth uh, in as many uh, campaigns in the AFLW. Um, certainly thought it was she was going to win one at some point, but mm-hmm. at twenty three years of age, she's she's got one uh, quite early into her career. Um, you know, but she's been a big high impact player since her days at the Dogs, and and obviously has been Richmond's number one for some time now. Uh, and as you mentioned, yeah, 23 of a possible 30 votes is a staggering effort. Yeah. So over a 10-game season. Had it wrapped up uh, with two rounds to go, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah had so. it quite comfortably. Had a, in the end, had a seven-vote gap over a four-way tie in second. So that was Amy McDonald, Ash Riddle, Chloe Malloy, and Claudia Whitford. So there's, um, yeah, some gap and decent margin. Jazz Garner, again, overlooked um, for a few votes. Only finished with 14 after probably entering as favorite. Hopefully, she gets one. At some point, but this year it goes to Monconti. Um, you know, led the league in clearances and and high disposal and inside fifty yep. counts as well for for Mon. Despite a five win season, picking up twenty three votes is fantastic effort. Um, and then just rounding out some of the other uh, awards on the night's early gold worthy from JBS, the Rising Star winner, one vote ahead of Sydney Ruck Ali Morfitt. So that was quite a tight contest. You think Morfitt might have won it if she hadn't missed the, the end of the season? Um, with injury, um, but Goldsworthy certainly a worthy contender. Um, sprightly little forward for for the for the Giants, uh, and fantastic year for her. Emma Carney, eighth All Australian selection, eight from eight is a, a staggering effort for her. Um, just a, that veteran Rue, absolutely commanding, and going to be a, a huge player in this weekend's grand final for them once again. Kate Hall, captain; Bonnie Toogood, vice captain. Um, whole team and, and all the other kind of awards and stuff on our website as well. Following Monday's uh, ceremony. Yep, absolutely. So congrats to all those AFLW players and Monconti again. Just a great um, story. I love that she's one of the uh, cross code athletes yeah, as well. Still on AFLW. got basketball um, duties as well. So yeah, a fantastic effort. Still. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, looking ahead now to the AFLW Grand Final. Uh, so, Ruse and the Lions, Sunday, Icon Park. Uh, the Lions in another grand, uh, AFLW Grand Final. Um, yeah. And second for across the entire AFL comp uh, and Ruse first time. Yeah. So, going for their second flag, Lions, I think it's their fifth Grand Final up. Um, and they've got a lot of, you know, obviously finals experience, grand finals experience in the in the squad that they've got. Um, you know, while they haven't always been able to retain their top players, um, they still have a number that have featured in, a, in some of the more recent grand finals. Uh, and then, as you mentioned, yeah, North Melbourne haven't played in one yet um, and did fantastically well on Sunday to kind of hold off the Crows and, and, and Brisbane in a similar fashion against Geelong on Saturday night up in Springfield. It's going to be, a, a, you'd think, a tight contest. Obviously, 
at Icon Park, so the Roos get a uh, home final advantage, and that kind of came through this new uh, hosting rights, um, I guess, system that the AFL introduced after week one of the finals, which was interesting timing. But um, Roos will be happy that there's one in Icon Park. You know, we've seen it in Adelaide, mm-hmm. Brisbane for some time over the last few years, and obviously the Lions looking to bounce back after losing to the D's uh, last year. So, yeah, it's going to be such a, a, an interesting game, uh, I think, and, and kind of trying to figure out who stands out. You know, some of the ruse informed Talia Randall, fantastic up forward. Jenna Bruton was was huge in that second half for North Melbourne uh, as well. So, um, and then, you know, you talk, we've already talked about some of their mids in the, in the W Awards with, um, you know, Riddell and, and, and Garner and just what they're going to be able to offer um, as well through the middle against a pretty stacked Brisbane lineup. Um, you know, in that four-point win over the Cats, the, the, the Lions kind of just had fantastic role players all across the field, as we've come to expect. Um, you know, Ali Anderson in midfield, but it's Jane Allinger. Uh, all of Dwyer out wide was was fantastic. Uh, Isabel Dawes, again, coming to the fore in, uh, for, in Brisbane's group. So um, it's going to be really interesting. Obviously, Dakota Davidson should be playing. He's cleared of serious knee injury, but um, listed as a chance. So no certainty, but I think she is expected to play, and that'll be obviously a very important uh, talking point at selection if she's not um, named uh, and hopefully fully fit for, for Sunday's grand final. Um, yep. Yeah, it's going to be a close one. Absolutely. Um, have you got a tip? I think I want North Melbourne to win, um, but I feel like Brisbane's experience yep. and just um, and the and on, on paper as well yep. probably get the job done. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm, yeah, either way at the moment, it's going to be yep. quite, quite a tight finish. I've got pretty much the same. I think the Lions will, um, yeah, their finals experience is a bit too much and it'll be a bit too much for the Uruz who are into their first grand final. So now moving over to, we're going to take a look at some of the best 23. So we've had the, uh, obviously in the men's, full season's done. Uh, I've had the trade period, had a uh, draft period. So we've got essentially a full list despite, you know, um, the SSP period. Uh, coming into February, but we're going to take a look at who some of the best, uh, we're going to take a look at the best 23s for each team, starting alphabetically. Um, so Adelaide, uh, how do you want to do this? We'll have the graphic up on the side. So. Yeah, well, we can kind of just go through defenders, midfielders, and then forwards yep. um, first. And, and Adelaide's back line is going to be probably the most intriguing area um, yep. of, of their selection after you know losing Tom Duday and probably not having Nick Murray for the first half of the year. Now we've, we've kind of got this more of the best possible side, not at round one side. So Murray in this is named. If you know he's not playing, you know in those early rounds, you look at a Josh Worrell or James Borlase. Um, you know we've got Dan Curtin starting. Um, yeah, he's, one, he's going to be one of a few draftees I think that are right in that round one mix. Jordan Butts holds his role um, as that leading key defender. Max Michelini again will come in as the you know lockdown um medium-sized defender on some of those smaller forwards and Brody smith wayne miller are um are some of these guys that will you know offer some run mark Keane's a depth option draft recruit oscar ryan probably going to get a bit of time to develop so don't expect him too early into the year um rolling through to midfielders you know you got your jordan dawson rory laird um again going to lead the way who's going to be that third man is a big question you know is matt crouch going to find that form that he had when he return to the side late into this year um you know does isaac rankin or joshua shelley push further up the field and get more minutes in there what can we expect from rory sloan and ben keys and and you know how are they going to kind of um work through their rotations more most likely again through the the forward third so it could be kind of in a mix with rankin and rochelle in that regard um the wings jake saligo probably slots onto one and mitch hinge on the other 
um, you know, Chase Jones and, and Miller, as we mentioned before, probably some further options for them to consider. Um, Harry Schoenberg, Lockie Scholl as well. Um, you know, Schoenberg was was really strong at Sample level, but just couldn't break in to Matthew Nix's side as much as he had hoped. Um, Charlie Edwards is probably one that that could get a look at some point through midfield. Nice tall midfielder with a bit of run. So um, certainly not short of options, but they really want to find that third um, midfielder to join Dawson and, and lead in the middle. Um, and you can expect Riley O'Brien to to take on those first string ruck duties. Uh, Riley thought that will, will pinch it here and there, but obviously he'll play forward. Um, a fair bit throughout the season. You know, Taylor Walker, Darcy Fogarty, those two other focal points, I guess, mm-hmm. um, from their tall contingent, uh, whether Elliot Himmelberg gets a, a decent look next year, I'm not too sure. Um, but he'll want to make his make his name uh, again you know, at, at the senior level when he gets a chance. Uh, Isaac Rankin, Joshua Shelley, Luke Pedler, pretty formidable small forward unit. Yep. As mentioned, Ben Keyes is probably going to play a bit forward, as would Rory Sloan when not in midfield. Jack Saligo can, can kind of drift um, across half forward. They did pick up Chris Burgess, who I think might be favoured ahead of Himmelberg as well. So he's going to be interesting to see how much he's used to start next season. Um, you know, they've got a plan for Taylor Walker at some point, as good as he's playing over the last few years. Um, they'll have Fogarty, they'll have Phil Thorpe, but um, they certainly want to make sure that outside of those two, they've got other options, and that's your Himmelbergs and your Burgesses. So... Um, yeah, a few roundall up. Others to kind of include, you know, Ned McHenry, Lockie Murphy will probably be in that 23 mix. Um, and then outside of that, um, you know, some of these guys like your Scholes, Keane, Crouch, Schomburg, Himmelberg um, are probably the ones that we've got missing um, that are in that mix um, outside of the best 23 for the Crows. Yep. Yeah, I like the idea of uh, Curtin there as getting straight into the uh, team he did he does look ready made i think one of the strongest parts of this list um is probably their forward line yeah, i really like to look for at sure. their forward line it, if taylor walker stays fit um you know given it might be i don't know one of his last years but that's a you know that's a push for that's a definite push for finals even yeah. top four really should be playing top top eight footy yeah. yeah and um they got some good you know they're set for the future with rochelle fogarty and rankin um and keys there as well so um, yeah, looking good. Mm. All right. So moving over now to Brisbane. So best 23 for Brisbane. Um, obviously, big inclusions. Uh, uh, do day. Uh, yeah. So what do you reckon? Um, yeah, the, yeah. well, he'll slot in, you would think, as that third kind of tall intercepting option. But again, he's one that with an ACL injury is probably not playing until the second half of the year. Mm-hmm. But, you know, even you, you take him out of the side, do they run with an Andrews, a Payne, and a um, Gardner? Like they, they obviously had to make that decision for the grand final with Payne injured that that um, Gardner would play ahead of him. They wouldn't play all three. Um, and now it's going to come down to, you know, who... Are they going to favour next to Harris Andrews next year? Is it going to be Jack Payne as he was all year long? And, and I think Carter only played four games this year, but one of them was that grand final, um, despite Payne being cleared to return. You'd think Gardner probably doesn't start in this side. Um, and then with Duday coming in, he probably pushes back even further in the queue because Duday probably plays a bit smaller, but would be way too many um, tools down back for to accommodate all four. And even three of them without Duda might be a little bit too tall. We've got Ryan Lester as well, who's who can run a decent job on, on some of the, the taller opponents as well. Um, you know, they lose Dan Rich down back, but they get guys like um, Darcy Wilmot, Katie Coleman and, and Connor McKenna, who kind of led the way anyway in Rich's absence this year. Provide some run. Um, Brandon Stasiewicz is that lockdown defender for some of their for some of those smalls and then they've got you know i think decent depth like Noah answorth's one that i think would like to get a decent run at some point and then you've got james madden jackson Pryor, 
Carter Michael, Dara Joyce as these kind of reinforcements. Zane Zakostelsky was the draft pickup for them. Probably not going to get a, a look next year unless you know forced by injury. So um, that's kind of their their underlying options and the foundations of their of their backline depth. And then midfield, you know, class talent kind of across the whole line. Mm. There, Will Ashcroft's going to feel like a, a mid-season recruit when he makes his return from an ACL injury. Uh, obviously, you got Lockie Neal leading the way, but Josh Dunkley, Jared Berry, Huma Cluggage, um, kind of stacks up that midfield nicely. Devin Robinson was a, a, a key retention for them. Probably play a bit inside, a bit of wing. Zach Bailey similar. Jasper Fletcher similar. Um, you know, Cam Rayner, like Bailey, will kind of float up into the middle at times. Charlie Cameron could do the same. Then you got you know Utilian Calamachi, who's still probably a best twenty-three player. Good fit for the sub role, mm-hmm. perhaps. Um, you know, they lose they cut uh reese matheson and that'll probably open the door for guys like harry sharp and jackson prior to, to get a more of a look when needed and then the rucks setup is you know pretty straightforward big you'll have yep. big o darcy fort probably isn't in a, a best 23 with just McInerney, and you might get down to her or hipwood um kind of pinch hitting in the ruck um instead of having fort in that side and then for the forwards, Danahura, Hitwood, kind of that one-two punch. Um, you know, they didn't have Gunston in the side in the second half of the year and they probably won't have a, a spot open for Brendan Ryan, who they kind of got from the Hawks. Um, but he'll kind of be that that next man up uh, alongside maybe Darcy Ford. Those two will kind of be pressing for that that extra forward um, tall role. Um, absolutely lethal forward line. Probably the best in the in the competition when you've got Charlie yep. Cameron, Lincoln McCarthy, Cam Rayner, Zach Bailey, um, like Cameron almost booted 60 goals last year. And the other three had, I think, almost 25 each. Um, so that's going to be, uh, again, a pretty threatening mix for, for the opposition. They added a few, um, you know, key forwards in, in Logan Morris and Luke Lloyd through the draft. Probably not going to get a look. Mm-hmm. Henry Smith's kind of an interesting one. Been on the list for a while, yet to debut. He signed for a few more years and, and probably needs some time to develop it. Um, I think they want him up there with Brandon Ryan and kind of pressing to be to be next uh, in the queue. Shadow Brain and well, another depth player, but he'll probably be behind the likes of Kyle Loman and Jasper Fletcher in that forward line, uh, small forward mix. So a bit there. Um, but yeah, you can expect Tom Duday to be a starter. Will Ashcroft also comes into that grand final side, and really, it's they don't they don't lose too many from that. Yeah, from that side. If anything, that is it's pretty just, much their grand final side. Yeah, um, it's pretty much it's just an improved team from mm-hmm. a side that, that lost it lost the premiership by four points so um yeah they're my tip at the moment um but like i said the, the two guys that they get added to that side aren't coming in until the second half of the year yeah um and without a you know a year's worth of footy um it certainly could be a weakness at some point um mm-hmm. if if they're not back or if they rush back or if there's you know a bit a bit rusty in those returns but you'd back both of those two in dude has done it before and ashcroft seems like a pro yep Absolutely. All right, looking good for Brisbane. So now moving over to the Blues. Um, yeah, again, a pretty strong list across the board. I feel like they've always had a pretty decent um, structure this year um, and now they've added some finals experience to that. Yeah, well, we said I think pretty early in the year when they were you know, mid-table and, and kind of still struggling that they on paper they're probably one of the better-looking sides. Mm-hmm. Just they never quite got it to click into gear. Um, eventually... Uh, I guess, you know, second half of the season and went on a nice little run um, and then through finals as well, made the prelim, um, which was a great effort. 
uh, starting back line, you know, Jacob Wiedering kind of holding down the fort on that last line. Uh, Mitch McGovern and Brody Kemp, probably those other taller options. I'm not sure if Lewis Young's getting a getting a look to start next season at least. Um, Adam Side once again, offering some silver service and some nice runs. Same with Sam Doherty if he's playing balance of backline midfield. Nick Newman um, merges a pretty decent lockdown defender um, among some of those smaller forwards. And Zach Williams will be like a new recruit for them, whether he plays start new will be interesting i think he's supposed to be fully fit by feb so i might give him a couple of um a couple of weeks to kind of get himself um into some playing minutes but whether he's playing round ones probably remains to be seen and then you got um you know jordan boyd Lockie cowan uh, some of those younger kids that have gotten a few looks over the last year or so um and certainly will be you know adding to the selection dilemma for michael voss down back billy wilson was um you know a uh picked up as a as a defender i think he's going to be trialed as a as a midfielder though but certainly could offer a similar role to what doherty does but whether he gets a look next year um remains to be seen he's probably the most you know, ready-made or, or best fit for a or best chance for a debut um at the blues among their defensive crop but i don't think they really are going to be reliant on those kids just yet which is obviously a good sign yep um midfield stacked um you know crips walsh hewitt Kennedy and Chera as all those kind of inside balls mm-hmm. works really well for, for the game plan that they want. Um, obviously, Walsh can play quite nicely on the outside, Chera a little bit as well. And then Kennedy and Hewitt kind of offer nice defensive stops, but Cripps is, is kind of that, that main man. But it's going to be interesting to see, you know, with Sam Walsh having a full preseason, um, you know, if he's kind of the one that kind of takes the reins in that midfield like he did in finals. Uh, Ollie Hollands, you know, um, slots right onto the wing great runner and you know maddie cottrell probably another one on the other side uh in those midfield rotations uh elijah holland's a new recruit does he kind of start i wouldn't have thought so probably just needs to you know make his case known quite early over preseason you'll probably start in the vfl but certainly you should be playing uh, senior footy sometime next year and then rux to coning and pitnet kind of depends on if jack Silvani's playing but you think mm. to coning and Silvani is probably the pairing and, and Pitnet might not play, but um, I think they could certainly still remain. The kind of starting the, Ruckman. No, no, no. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, he's, 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 yeah, he's going to be their first string Ruckman mm-hmm. um, and kind of, yeah, be given that freedom. Pitnet certainly could still, is certainly in that best 23 mix. And, you know, do they have all three with Silvani? It's certainly a good chance uh, as well. Uh, and then forwards, you know, two common medal winners in Charlie Kerno and Harry Mackay um, kind of leads that that line has mentioned Silvani as a third tall forward for them uh Jack Martin certainly remains as a as a key piece in that in that front third uh Razio Fantasia adds to the to, to the forward line mix but they've got some pretty deep small forward options when you look at uh you know Motlop always uh Durden as well so bit to work with there and, and uh, they probably couldn't figure out who their best small forwards were last year so they might be able to do that over the preseason ahead uh, of round one and then you know some deeper options Ashton Moyer was their first pick of the draft but should be given time to develop Jackson Bins was their VFL best and fairest more as a wingman but but could certainly play forward um, over the year and then um, yeah you know they, they kind of cut a few from there forward stocks when you look at your, your josh honeys your sam phillips Lockie o'brien so they've they've kind of opened that up for for a few others to come in so yeah uh, exciting mix uh, blake acres is another one that i probably didn't mention before but he's you know slot him onto one of the wings as well so good final yeah, series yeah absolutely fantastic so they've yeah. got you know names everywhere and some decent depth you know you add in guys like 
Caleb Marchbank, Lockie Fogarty, Alex Chincotta, all these yeah. guys were holding down key roles at some point through to the, throughout the year. So depth is there, top line talent is there. They yeah should again be a top four side. I'd say yeah, very strong list. Um, I wonder how much emphasis is going to be on them getting off to a really good start. Um, you know, considering what happened last year, but I think mm. they, you know, if they're, if they're healthy, I think they could make a pretty um, pretty strong start and yep. be a top four team again. For sure. Um, yeah. All right. So moving over to the reigning premiers in Collingwood. Again, very strong list. It's hard to argue against any name um, that makes a grand final, but adding in Lockie Schultz, big. Yeah. It's really just an improved list on, on what they had in the grand final. Um, yeah. They lose Taylor Adams. Uh, they lose Jack Inovan, um, but Schultz is a great addition. They'll get Dan McStay back from that side. Um, and yeah, just starting off the back line, like Captain Darcy Moore had probably his best year. Um, you'd think from an individual perspective, just like on field, and also you know taking on the captaincy and, and leading him to a, a premiership was a huge effort. Nathan Murphy, um, again going be- better to better to better each season. Um, hopefully, all in the clear with those concussion battles um, from next year. And then you know Braden Maynard, uh, you know he's an All Australian player. Um, fierce, I think you know we kind of know what we're getting out of a Braden Maynard, and then Isaac Quainer, um, kind of a breakout season for him as that lockdown um, small defender. So those four in particular really lead that charge. You know they've got some good um, depth options. Johnny Noble wasn't in the side at the end of the year. Talk, look at Jack Crisp able to float back. Scott Pendlebury the same. Nick Dacos the same. Oleg Markov certainly a, a best twenty three player now after one year at the club, and then they kind of. You know, added to their backline at the draft with Harry Dimitir and, and Terry Jath. So um, Dimitir is probably the, the more likely one if, if either of them are going to get a look, but you wouldn't think that they're you know, starting 23 uh, in a reigning premiership side. So yep. certainly help um, with some of their backline options there. You know, Are we going to be able to get a look at Charlie Dean uh, at some point over the next year? Um, you know, Billy Frampton's another one, obviously, that um, will play significantly down back as that as that tall defender. So, um, yeah, once again, quite a formidable back line. No, no real change and you can expect it's only going to get better next season. Um, yeah, midfield, as mentioned, they lose Taylor Adams. Um, but I think that they've, they're working to kind of fill that void quickly mm-hmm. enough through some of those SSP guys and even Demetia could be that similar inside midfielder if they wanted to use him that way. But they've got Tom Mitchell, uh, you know, both the Dacos boys, Jordan Degoe, um, He'll be yeah real Brownlow chance heading into next season you would think as would uh, Nick Dacos uh, you know Scott Pendlebury will still spend a bit more time through midfield and that's kind of what Derek Hines spoke about after the draft is with kids like Jacob Ryan and Harvey Harrison and the two draftees that um, it'll kind of afford Nick Dacos and, and Pendles to be playing a bit further up the field in, in through midfield. Um, Finn McRae there's probably a lot of pressure on him heading into this year you know, former first round pick opportunities there with Taylor Adams out of the team so. Um, hopefully he's playing you know a bit, a bit more footy um, and adding to I think just a dozen career games over his uh, three seasons at the club Pat Lipinski um, you know I, I think he was probably a, if they were fully fit he probably wasn't playing in the grand final so he probably wants to kind of lock down um, that midfield role uh, early into next season still side bottom will slot onto a wing um, opposing Josh Dacos but they'll have some probably a look at Ed Allen at some point over mm-hmm. the next year. Craig McCrow, big fan of him uh, and what he was able to do at the VFL. So, uh, yeah, pretty 
you know, prolific midfield group and exactly why they were the difference makers uh, in the grand final. Uh, forwards, as mentioned before, Dan McStay, kind of the um, the spearhead again, but they don't really have that standout forward. Um, you know, you look at Brody Majacek, he's led their goal kicking in the last five or so seasons. Um, certainly goes unheralded at times uh, in that regard. And then, Jet- and then there's more forwards. You add Lockie Schultz to the likes of Bobby Hill, um, Jamie Elliott, Bo McCreary, that's... That's going to be really tough for opposition to deal with. Assuming you'd assume all four play, as the three premiership pies did with Ginevan in there as well. So um, it's going to be quite an interesting mix to see how all that unfolds. Um, you know, other tall targets, Mason Cox will, will roam down there with Darcy Cameron as kind of that ruck forward balance. Does Ash Johnson, you know, break in? Um, some good signs of preseason on Monday it looked like, but um, yeah, he probably just wants to kind of um, you know just be more than a, a fringe player and really wants to cement his place in the starting side. And then Reef McInnes, Josh Carmichael, some of these guys that will, you know, be more fringe players, but uh, again, should be getting a look um, at the top level. And then Will Hoskin Elliott, uh, member of the premiership side, best 23, but one that certainly, you know, doesn't have a spot cemented in mm-hmm. this 23-man side. And, um, you know, he's a, a veteran now after being in the league for you know, over a decade. So, um yeah, wants to still prove he can play at that top level for sure. Yeah. Um, so speaking of the veterans, do you think this is like I've been we've been saying it for years, but is this finally the year that we start to see some of these veterans slow down? Like you got your side bonus, Pendlebury, how now that they've won a premiership, can you see them slowing down? Are there um, like, are there spots in danger? I'll, like I'll admit, I said this probably about side bottom a couple of years ago. Right. He's just proven me wrong. He's been absolutely fantastic for them. Um I didn't think he was gonna have that mm. ability to go up again. And when it looked like he might have been going down in that, you know, that 2021 season, the last two years, he's been absolutely fantastic. Pendles mm-hmm. is just, you know, just class. Yeah. Like it, it doesn't look like he'll he'll be taking a step down any point soon. But you think, you know, next year with with him and Sidebottom and Howell off contract, it's going to be quite interesting to see mm-hmm. if any of them kind of play on into 2025. Um, you'd think not. But Pendles is really hard to tell. Howell's injury is probably going to slow him down a little bit after such a long time um, off. Um, but like I, like I said, I can't put anything through side bottom at the moment after what he's been able to do the last two years. Yeah. So whose list spot there do you think is um, at most danger? Obviously, we've got Johnny Noble as a sub. Um, yeah, who's probably yeah. not we as don't, cemented. Yes, yeah, so like Hoskinelli not in the in the twenty three to start. He probably would have been one um, if you were thinking that way. You know, I think you look at Pat Lipinski, um, You know. Mason, like what can they get out of Mason Cox and Darcy Cameron? Do they look to kind of switch that up at all? Um, other than that, you know, I, I, it's hard to see Oleg Markov taking a big step back, but he really wants to prove that you know this year wasn't just a one-off, mm-hmm. that um, he's a real key cog in the uh, Craig McRae system. Yep, absolutely. Yep, strong list for the Iranian Premiers. So moving now to the Bombers. So they've had obviously a lot of inclusions over the off-season mm-hmm. uh, with Ben Mackay. Todd Goldstein, um, who else are they? At? Xavier Dersma, Xavier Dersma. and um, um, Jake Gresham as well. So yeah, and they've all made this team apart from Gresham. I can't no, see. should all he, should all be in there. Um, all four. Um, yeah, starting with the back line, obviously Ben McKay is going to be that that new leader in yep. defence. Um, kind of working with. Jaden Laverde, who you think gets a starting spot as well. Like, I, I don't think they should be relying on just Mackay and Ridley. Like, Ridley flourished this year in being that third option um, and probably didn't get as much of a look in 2022 um, as as that kind of third tall. Like, they do get some height and some advantage in Mason Redmond, but he's probably a lot better as that dashing defender. Um, they also get some run in, in Andrew McGrath and 
Um, you know, Dyson Happel's still, I think, will be a best 23 player, but there's certainly going to be um, some opportunities for someone like a Nick Hind mm-hmm. to kind of take that spot. Um, I think for me it might be a bit of pressure on Heppel as well this year. Oh, say. for sure. Yeah, yeah. There, like, if there wasn't um, this year, but, uh, you know, he was, you know, sub and, and kind of out of that starting 22 at times. But, um, you know, I, I think when they're, they're dashing defenders is, is probably where they're lacking the most. Like they kind of looked to fill those reinforcement roles with Archie Robertson, Luol um, at the draft. But whether those two are ready, I wouldn't have thought. So are they going to look at maybe a midfielder, which they've got heaps of, as probably a player that can, you know, start at half back. Do they look at a, a Sam Durham, you know, with Xavier Dersma coming in, does he move from the wing to half back? Do they look at an Elijah Sardis who, um, you know, they probably want to be getting senior minutes into, but he probably isn't playing an inside role with all the players ahead of him. Mm-hmm. He can play on the wing, but maybe rotating at half back might work for him. Um, you know, Matt Guelph, he missed a bit of footy this year and, and has developed nicely into a, a pressure forward, but he you know, started his career as a defender and probably could be one that, that switches back if they want um, more options there. For their tools, as mentioned, um, yeah, it would be Mackay and Laverde, but, you know, Kane Baldwin's there. They want to probably see Zach Reed nice and fit, same with Nick Cox. So um, it, I think it's a pretty clear starting back six. Um, and then it's just a matter of, you know, if we've got injuries, who's kind of filling those gaps. And I think Nick Hine might be a nice sub option for them. Yep. Um, and yeah, I, I, you know, they probably just want a, a Jake Kelly and a, a Zach Reed and a Kane Ball when really pressing their case at the lower level um, to get in. As mentioned, midfield, absolutely stacked. So yeah, we talk about Dersma coming in probably on the wing. Um, Jay Gresham, you know, half forward midfield option. Uh, Todd Goldstein probably gets in if they're playing a two-ruck system. Um, you know, you look at their young midfield talent, Elijah Stars, Ben Hobbs, Archie Perkins, um, Jai Caldwell, Sam Darren, Nick Martin, add Dylan Sheel into that mix as all in that support group for Darcy Parrish and Zach Merritt. So they're, they're the kind of two. And a bit like we mentioned with the Crows, they really want to find that third player. So is yeah. that going to be a Perkins? Uh, is it a Ben Hobbs? You know, can Dylan Shield kind of bounce back to the player they want him to be after a year kind of riddled by injury? Does Nick Martin make a move into the into the middle? Um, you know, really good on the wing for them. But if they've got Durham and Dersma, maybe he could kind of slot into a, a more centered position. So an abundance of, of midfielders. Add in like, you know, do they use Jake Stringer through the midfield at all? Can Nate Caddy, if he's getting a look, um, be used as midfield? Unlikely given just how many they've already got to deal with, but um you'd never you never really know and then the ruck setup is, is going to be really interesting obviously mm. it comes down to how some of their tall forwards are are firing um and we'll touch on that in a sec but do they run a two ruck system again with with draper and goldstein probably and whoever's you know not rucking is, is resting forward as a target um and they had andrew phillips play i think it was the most of any rucks this year um at the bombers with 20 games so if draper can stay fit it's probably going to be him and goldstein if not they've got nick bryan they're knocking on the door Vigo Vizantini probably isn't getting a look um, unless it's, you know, the three ahead of him are all injured. So um, that's going to be a big question as well is, is kind of that ruck uh, situation. And that led to the forwards. So as mentioned, Peter Wright and Kyle Langford have both had 50 goal seasons um, at one point over the last two years. So um, they're kind of the one-two piece um, for Brad Scott's forward line. And it's kind of that third, you know, are they having a ruckman as that third target? Is Nate Caddy ready to, to play AFL footy um, next year? Um, is Harrison Jones finally going to kind of be able to overcome some injury and form issues and be the player that has all that potential that, that I think a lot of Essendon fans have been waiting to see? Um, add in Jake Stringer as kind of that you know medium forward and might play a similar role with 
tonight caddy so it could be those two that are kind of you know battling for spots um or a similar role mm-hmm. and if string is injured as we have seen over the course of the last couple of years it's not caddy's probably an easy choice to fill uh that absence in as mentioned perkins gresham hobbs dersma martin corwell durham all those midfielders can probably play a bit of forward um at some point throughout the year as well john menzi flourished i think the second most goals for him this year uh, and a lot of that came in the absence of matt guelphie so there's probably only one spot for those two um, and then they're probably ahead of, you know, Tex Wanganine, the Davy Twins and that small forward crop. So um, they've got great depth, the Bombers, and that's kind of what they wanted. You know, that's why they had that busy off-season of recruitment. Um, it's just going to be interesting to see, um, yeah, you know, how they're finding extra defensive run, what mm-hmm. their ruck options are and who that third midfielder is going to be. Yeah, I think also just with that amount of list uh, turnover, or well, that amount of like uh, best twenty three players coming straight into the side. How long it takes them to gel? Like mm. you think, especially with Ben McKay in the defense, even though he's going to have the whole preseason. But you think back to like a Stephen May. It still took him. You know, he was straight into best twenty three, but it still took yeah. him a few weeks and yeah, um, no, part of the year to really gel key. with that back line in yeah. the system. Um, but yeah, again, lots of uh, great additions for us, and it'll be. I'll be really curious to see where they um, where they come. Obviously, I think they should be aiming for the bottom. Bottom half of the eight, but um, who knows? No, oh, for sure. No, they, where they were at, at points this year, they, they've got to think that they're a top eight challenger. Yep. Especially, yeah, busy off season where they're, they're at only adding best 23 players to their list. Yep. Um, yeah, absolutely have to be thinking they're in that window. Yep, absolutely. Okay, and finishing off with Fremantle. So, weird sort of off season for them. They didn't add too much... Uh, if anything, yeah. Yeah, after a pretty disappointing se- uh, season in general. so Yeah, it really wasn't the the off-season their list management and coaching team would have wanted to have had after finishing 14th, mm. not carrying a first-round pick into the draft and then losing three players that they wanted to keep. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, yeah, obviously a really down year for them after winning a final in 2022. So um they're pretty much going to be dealing with the same magnets they had this year it's just a matter of you know are the right ones developing on a trend that's going to get them back into the top eight in 2024 um you look at their back line probably not a, a big change like alex pierce brennan cox and luke ryan are those three taller options for them um ryan again one of the best intercept players in the comp and, and pierce probably had a bit of a down year but brennan cox is really lifting so that probably kind of um, broke even a little bit but if pierce can kind of get back to his best um, they could be back to that really formidable defensive line. Heath Chapman should come back into the side. Whether he's a certain starter for round one, I'm not sure, but I think he's a best 23 player, especially if you've got Hayden Young moving into midfield, um, which I would like to see more of next year. And it, it makes sense if, if that's kind of where he's heading. So that opens the door for someone like Chapman. You know, they have Brandon Walker and Jordan Clark as those other defensive options. So there's um, certainly a bit for them to work with uh, in their back line. Then you've got your Carl Warners, Ethan Hughes, Corey Wagner, you know, James H can play back, you know, Jeremy Sharp, does he is he playing more of a defensive role? Um, he certainly can, did so during his time with the Suns. So there's there's a bit for them to work with. Obviously, there's depth options. Uh, Hugh Davis is probably that next key defender, like picked up last year's draft, but without Joel Hamling there now, uh, he could be that next man up as a as a key defender for them. Ollie Murphy's probably not gonna get a look, mm-hmm. I would have thought, or at least ahead of Davies. So um yeah, they've got they've got a bit to consider, but um, they just got to hope that that those tall defenders stay fit. Um, midfield is obviously where their top line of talent is, both on ballers and ruckmen. Um, the ruck call is going to be 
quite interesting to see if they can finally get that balance right. Probably didn't work all too well when they couldn't quite get it to click through the early rounds. Uh, I think it soon started to with Jackson and Darcy, but once Darcy got injured, Jackson kind of flourished and it kind of you know raised a few eyebrows as to whether you know they're better off just preferring Jackson one out. But Darcy's too good of a player and too good of a ruckman to to not have playing. Um, they can make it work. It's probably just Darcy's forward craft that probably needs to improve. Like Jackson's a, a pretty formidable, you know, tall forward option um, when resting in, in attack. And it's just probably up to Darcy to kind of be a similar level um, or at least just be a bit better than, than what he can be mm-hmm. or what he has been, sorry. And then midfield, Caleb Sarong, Andrew Brayshaw, Yago Amira, uh, Nat Fife, if needed, is, is probably a nice way to kind of finish that that four, like yep. two-time Brownlow medalist, if needed. Um, you know, he's certainly going to play more minutes forward um as he kind of you know gets into the twilight of his career um and deeper into to the to his final few seasons in the game um but they've got an exciting group coming through sarong and, and brayshaw are, are only getting better um through the next you know few years still they've got plenty of football ahead of them hayden young's probably that third piece he might come in ahead of Yago Ramirez, which is going to be um a bit of a watch and just to see you know how that that's best midfield group looks with with and who, which who's rucking to them Depth options, you know, Matt Johnson, Neil Erasmus, Nathan O'Driscoll out wide. Ethan Stanley could be a bit of a smoky starter, I think, on the wing as well as they try and look to fill voids left by, you know, Liam Henry and Lockie Schultz. James Aish, another wing option. Do they push a Sam Switkowski or a, a Michael Frederick um, up onto the wing from, from the half-forward line? I think Frederick could be the one to, to the, that kind of gets that nod. Um, Switkowski certainly played a bit of midfield in his time, though. And then forwards, yeah, you've got those guys. So it, losing Henry and Schultz is going to open up, you know, a bit more um, of a reliance on a Switkowski, a uh, Frederick, a uh, Michael Walters as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Giant Amos is probably the one that's spearheading this forward line after you know, leading their goal kicking this year. Um, but who joins him as well? You're going to probably have one of the rucks. Is Matt Tabernan going to be fit and is he going to be back to some of his better footy? If not, it's probably Josh Tracy that's that's um, alongside him, um, like a Jackson, Darcy, and Amos in that forward line. Um, Sam Sturt, Bailey Banfield, Jeremy Sharp, Neil Erasmus, all pretty decent depth options, you'd think. Tom Emmett showed some pretty good signs late into the year. So um, they've got heaps of options. Adding that Fife into that, if he can kind of just, you know, stay fit and stay damaging as as a forward target, they've got a really nice attack there, which is the area that they've struggled in most under Justin Longmuir. So, yeah. yeah, obviously plenty to consider um, in this side. You know, high upside certainly could be challenging for the eight, but at the same time, you know, it's not really an improved list yeah. um, from what we had this year. Just they can only hope that some of their key players are developing yeah. and can go to new heights uh, in 2024. Yeah, there's a lot of, again, as you said, there's a lot of options there, but there's only, I mean, there's a lot of people that have their spots locked down. Like I'm excited to see what Amos does next year. Mm. Um, same with Michael Frederick. I just love um, who doesn't love watching uh, Freddie play. But yeah, it's going to be an interesting year for Frio. So uh, yeah, that wraps it up for the best 23s so far. We're going to have the rest of the 12. Uh, yes, the next six clubs. Week. Yeah. yeah, next six clubs. Um, but yeah, that wraps it up for <laughs> Zero Hangout today. Thanks, Mitch. Thanks, Phoenix. Uh, don't forget, we are the number one independent AFL news source. Uh, Subscribe to the YouTube channel and you can catch all the latest AFL news at zerohanger.com. Cool. Alrighty. Oh, 47 minutes. That's good. <laughs>